What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Look, the Wizards lost that game, but it was really fun. It was really exciting. Um, you know, it's kind of like, it's, that looked like a Wizards game from last year. Um, just a ridiculous offensive game from both teams that ended in a close Wizards loss that they could have executed better down the stretch. Um, but yeah, so the Wizards just played the San Antonio Spurs. Um, they lost 146 to 143. Um, it went into overtime. Um, also, like down the stretch was just absolutely insane in terms of shot making from both teams. Um, the score in the fourth quarter was 38 to 38. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, coming to this game or after this game, um, that win uh, pushes the Spurs record to 31 and 29 and moves the Wizards down to 27 and 34. Um, coming into this game for the Spurs, um, their point differential was plus 0.7, which is 14th in the league. Um, their offense is <laughs> 111.5, which is 18th in the league. Um, and their defense was 110.8, which is good for 7th in the league. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so this game was insane in terms of shot making. Um, so <laughs> the offensive rating for the San Antonio Spurs and this game was 133.3, which is insane. That's in the 95th percentile. The Wizards' offensive rating in this game was 132.7, which is also in the 95th percentile. Um, just absolutely, you know, absolute insanity. Um, the Spurs' effective field goal percentage was 56.9, and the Wizards was 56. Um, Spurs' turnover, turnover rate was 56, or <laughs> not 56, um, 5.6, and the Wizards was 7.5. Both of those numbers are really, really good. Um, for the team's offense, um, Spurs offensive rebound rate was 28.3. Um, Wizards was 37.7, both really good numbers, um, for both teams. And then the Spurs free throw rate was 29.4, which is really, really high. And then the Wizards offensive rebound rate or not uh, free throw rate was 19.3. Um, 
so yeah, just to kind of quantify Spurs shot making, how ridiculous it was. Um, no, I'll do that. I'll do that after I read the box score stats. Um, I'll read the box score stats and I'll talk about that, the ridiculous shot making. And then I'll talk about, um, I do want to go through the last minute of both the fourth quarter and overtime because um, they're interesting. So <laughs> going over the Wizards, um, general box score numbers, um, Bradley Beal had 45 points in 42 minutes. Um, he shot the ball 37 times in this game. It was 20 for 37, 5 of 5 at the line, 0 of 4 from 3, um, and still managed to score 45 points, um, which is surprising considering Bradley Beal's general shot profile. Um, but still, so those 45 points coming on 39 and a half shooting possessions, so, you know, solid efficiency. <laughs> um and that big of volume is really impressive. Um, Westbrook was not very good offensively tonight at all. Um, he was kind of a disaster down the stretch. Um, but 22 points, um, 9 of 26 from the field, 4 of 4 at the line. So 22 points coming on 28 shooting possessions. Um, yeah, just not good. <laughs> not good at all. Um, did have 14 assists and 13 rebounds. Um, you know, kind of, you know, big Westbrook. Um, you know, over-exaggerated version of Westbrook type of game uh, that he usually has. Um, Rui Hachimura came back at 13 points, 5-7, um, plus 6. Um, Alex Land had 17 points. He played really, really well. I'll talk about him later. 8-9 um, from the field. Um, 10 rebounds, 6 offensive rebounds, um, which is super impressive. Um, also, Westbrook had... Oh, no, I read that wrong. That's defensive rebounds, I was about to say. Um, anyways, Anthony Gill um, played really, really well in the first half and then didn't play at all in the second half, which was weird a weird little scott brooks lineup curveball that he does all the time um so 13.67 from the field um three rebounds um look good out there um made some plays defensively um yeah like the best half of his life probably you know, <laughs> in terms of playing basketball um i mean like you know obviously at like a high level um i, I bet anthony gill is a monster in high school <laughs> but anyways um and he was also great at uva um, but Dos Bertans, um, 13 points on um, coming off the bench. He played 34 minutes in this game, was three or five from three. Um, those were his only shots from the field. And then he made four free throws all on like one possession. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for the Wizards notable guys. Um, looking at the Spurs notable guys, DeMar DeRozan, obviously 37 points, 12 of 23 from the field, 13 to 13 at the line. Um, the ridiculousness from the free throw line for DeRozan makes him efficient. Um, opposed to what, um, JK on the broadcast likes to say, um, Analytics is not about three-point shooting. Analytics is about maximizing efficiency in terms of output um, on offense and defense. Um, so getting to the free throw line is more efficient than shooting threes um, by a lot. So if DeMar DeRozan can get a lot of shots at the free throw line, um, and then that maximizes his efficiency more than him shooting threes. And he's not a good three-point shooter. So him shooting mid-range jump shots is better than him shooting a three. Um, analytics is not about just shooting threes. Um, pretty common misconception at this point. Um, but 37 points on... Um, 29 and a half shooting possessions. So just ridiculous efficiency on that volume. Um, played 41 minutes was plus five on the night. Um, Keldon Johnson. I, I really like Keldon Johnson. I'm a, I've always been a big Keldon Johnson guy. Um, 21 points, um, 10 of 14 from the field. Um, yeah, so really, really efficient night for him too. Um, so those 21 points coming on 10 and a half shooting possessions, that's hundred percent true shooting. <laughs> that doesn't even sound right. 15, 14 and a half shooting possessions. I don't know what I was talking about. That is not 100% true shooting. Uh, I have to look at that twice. Um, DeJounte Murray had 25 points. His shot making this game was ridiculous. That is abnormal for what he usually does. Um, but, you know, that's going to happen sometimes. 25 points, 12 of 23 from the field. Um, but he did a lot of his work late in the game um, down the stretch, just like floaters, um, pulling jumpers. Um, it was ridiculous. He, he showed off the whole arsenal tonight. Um, Rudy Gay had 17 points, um, six of them from the field. Uh, he only played 20 minutes in this game. You know, he's he's been on the decline 
Um, he played really good last season. Um, he was definitely playing more minutes last year, so that's kind of weird. Um, Patty Mills played 32 minutes. Um, I'm talking about him in the segment. He had 11 points. Um, also, Devin Vassell only played like 30 seconds. Uh, that was really, really weird. And also, Gorgia Jang only playing 8 minutes was really weird. And Drew Eubanks playing 18. Popovich is weird. Um, he's not afraid to make decisions. Um, so, yeah. So, just to super, super quickly talk about the Spurs shot weirdness. Um, they shot 66% of their shots in the mid-range area, which is in the 100th percentile um, in terms of, like, like the higher you are in percentile for mid-range, the um, means you're taking more shots, which, you know, may or may not be the right way to look at it. Um, but that's how clean the glass does it. Um, in terms of long mid-range, 25% of the shots were from long mid, and they were in the ni- that's the 99th percentile. Um, short mid, 41%, and that's also the 99th percentile. Um, in terms of percentages, um, f- and for all mid, the Spurs shot f- 55.2% from mid-range, which is ridiculous. That's in the 90th percentile. From long mid, they shot 64%, which is absolutely insane. Insane for long mid-range jumpers. Um, so those 16 of 25, that's unbelievable for long mid-range jump shots. Um, that's 89%. And then short mid was 50%. 21 of 42 from short mid, which is ridiculous. Um, that's in the 69th percentile. Um, and then in terms of getting shots at the rim, they only shot 19 shots at the rim. That's only 20% of the shots it took in the whole game. And they made 63.2, which is below average. Um, that Just <laughs> an absolutely insane shot-making profile from the Spurs. They also they shot 16 threes, um, which is in the zeroth percentile in terms of three-point shooting. Um, but they got to the line 35 times, which is a ridiculous amount. And they made 30 out of 35 threes or <laughs> free throws, which is 85.7%. Um, so yeah, again, analytics is not about, um, you know, shooting threes. It's about doing what you do best and doing it in an efficient manner. Like if the Spurs, the Spurs had an unbelievably efficient offense and they didn't, they barely shot any threes tonight. Um, that's a good thing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, but albeit it was it was very unsustainable what they're doing tonight. Like if we're being honest here, um, Dejounte Murray shooting that well from mid range is not something he's capable of doing every game in and game out. Otherwise, he'd be just like one of the best players in the league. Um, but anyway, so the first thing I want to talk about is down the stretch of the fourth quarter. Um, so the closing lineup that the Wizards were going with um, is different than the closing lineup they had last night that worked really well that I was really happy about. Um, so they had Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, obviously that Alex Len, obviously who was playing great tonight on um, the Bretons, obviously. And then they had Rui Hachimura who was supposed to be on a minutes restriction and he played 32 minutes and 32, not very good minutes. So like, I really don't understand why Rui was out there late in the game. I really think it should have been Garrison Matthews to provide that spacing, especially the, with the way that the Spurs were guarding Bradley Beal. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that later after I talk about this crazy last minute. Um, so, yeah, so I'll, talk, I'll start with 55 seconds. Um, it was basically just a DeMar DeRozan ISO. Um, he um, had a little bit of on Bradley Beal. Um, Beal's like 6'3", and DeRozan's like, what, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, so the way that DeRozan shoots from the mid-range, like that's his whole game. So he shot a step back mid-range 13-footer and just rose up over Beal and made the shot. Um, the next play down, um, Russell Westbrook drove into the lane and just took this terrible layup. Terrible layup. Um, so at that point, it was um, it was 131-131 with 50 seconds left. And Russell Westbrook just wasted a possession. Um, the Spurs got the rebound. They came back down. Um, it was an inverted screen um, that Patty Mills set on Dallas Breton, or set on um, DeMar DeRozan to get a Breton switch onto um, DeMar DeRozan. The Wizards gave it up um, probably a little easier than they should, but um, Patty Mills made, did a really good job of making sure that he got a lot of contact on the screen to force the switch. Um, so credit goes to him. Um, that's, you know, kind of like a veteran thing. Um, 
But yeah, DeMar hit a pretty tough shot over Bertans, actually. Like, Bertans, he didn't give up a ton. Like, he, in an ideal world, he would have been closer up on DeRozan, like, as he was pulling up. Um, but it wasn't, like, terrible defense or anything. Um, and then the Wizards called a timeout the next um, play down. Um, Beal came off a pin down um, coming up to towards the middle of the floor. Um, and then he caught the ball. He came back off of um, a screen, a high ball screen with an empty side, empty strong side. Um, that's the side that Beal was going to. Um, and then he um, turned the corner against um, Yaka Pirtle. Um, so also at this point, it was a two-point game. Um, so Yaka Pirtle had to come up to level. If you give up a two in that situation, it's really, really not the end of the world. Like what you really, really want to do is go for three, especially if you're going to shoot it that early. You really, really, really need to go for three. So kind of like it was a good play design, but not a good play design for the situation. So the Wizards got a two. Um, Beal made a really tough layup over DeMar DeRozan. If the Spurs, you will take that 100 times out of 100. Like that is a perfectly fine outcome for the way that you guard that possession. They, you know, Yakupoto came to level the screen, forced Beal to drive. DeMar DeRozan, um, good help side defense. Um, Beal hit a tough two. Like if you're making guys hit a tough layup, that's perfectly fine in that situation. The Wizards have to go for either, or well, number one, either they have to waste more time on the clock or number two, they have to go for three. Because if it's a two-point game, even if you make a three, you still only have a 50% chance of winning because in the overtime, it's really 50-50. Um, the home court advantage gives you a little bit of an edge, um, but it's it's still really, really like a 50-50 proposition. That's if you make the tough two that you just shot. And plus, then you have to get a stop on the other end, which is really also kind of like a 50-50 proposition with how um, it generally is. Um, plus, how the game was going, it's probably less than a 50-50 proposition. So that probability proposition that the Wizards kind of played out in that situation was not good at all. Um, and then coming in, they kept Bertans in for the last possession um, to get a defensive stop. They subbed out Alex Len and they brought in Dallas Bertans to get a stop. Bertans was guarding Rudy Gay, um, but the Spurs had already drawn up a play. I would have loved to see a little bit of a like, like because some teams, so some teams in that situation they'll draw up a play, and that's what Greg Popovich did. He drew up a play. He ran the inverted screen with Patty Mills setting a screen on. Um, Whoever was guarding DeMar DeRozan, so that was Westbrook. Um, some coaches will just say, if Bertans is in the game, um, just whoever's guarding Bertans, go set a screen on DeRozan, try to get them to switch, and then just attack from there. Um, the Spurs didn't do that. They opted for the other option. Um, uh, Howell Neto blitzed the screen quickly and then got back to his man, who was Patty Mills. Um, so it kind of, it still left DeMar DeRozan with a one-on-one on Russell Westbrook. He took a tough shot and it went in and out. Um I really, I did not love that defensive possession for the Wizards. I like blitzing the screen, um, but like just just the fact that Bertans was out there and just gave such an easy out potentially to the offense, it just made zero sense. Um, anyways, like I do want to talk about a little bit of the ending of the overtime. Um, with like a minute left, um, Rui, like Conan Johnson's not really going to shoot the ball that much, um, especially like he he's not a shooter yet. Um, he kind of shoots a slow moon ball. Like if you're closing on him, you have to know this, um, which Rui didn't. Um, so with like a minute left in the game, you're up by one point. Um, Colin Johnson catches the ball in the corner. Okay. You have to close out short because he drives, he drives. That's all that's, he's so good at driving the basket. He's really, really, really strong for someone who was a one and done at Kentucky. Um, like kids who are wings, who are that old, usually aren't as strong as he is, but like he kind of drives with no regard for anything, um, which is a good thing. Like I, that's part of the reason I love Colton Johnson. Um, but he drove in right past Rui, Rui gave him the baseline. Um, Alex Lennon was slow to help um, and Colton Johnson got a layup. Um, the next play, um, Russell Westbrook had a turnover, um, which is not good at all. <laughs> um, so with under a minute left, Westbrook got a turnover. Um, it was that play where De, um, DeJounte Murray stole 
the um, dribble handoff, um, and then he came back down. He wasted 18 seconds of the clock and shot a floater and missed, which is fine. You're up by one. Um, waste some time. Um, you know, the Wizards get the ball back. So the Wizards come back down the floor. It's 40 seconds left. Um, in an ideal world, down by one with 40 seconds left, you want to get a two-for-one. Um, give yourself a chance to get two shots at potentially, uh, or taking the lead of the game. Um, the Wizards, so Russell Westbrook shot, a ball, shot the ball 28 seconds left, which is about three seconds less than what you would want. Um, in that situation, and he took a terrible shot anyways. At that point, just use the whole entirety of the clock. So you only spent 13 seconds of the shot clock to get a really bad shot. You have to take that shot. You, like, you just have to know better. You have to know better in that situation. He took an awful pull-up mid-range bank shot that he he's not good at shooting. You cannot take that shot in that situation. Um, so then there's only a three-second differential between the shot clock and the game clock, which is not ideal, um, especially for how bad of the shot that you just got the last possession. Um, so the Spurs get the ball, they call a timeout, they do a bunch of stuff. Um, and then, to make matters worse, the Wizards are trapping. They're not trying to foul, so they want to have three seconds left, come back down, drop a play, try to get a three. Um, or if they get a stop, then they only need a two, um, which is, you know, that's fine. Like, that's a perfectly fine strategy. The math proposition on that, what to do in that situation, whether or not to foul, is is really, really marginal. It's really tough, so which, whichever way you go, like, it's not that big a deal. Um, but Russell Westbrook fouls... DeMar DeRozan with um, eight seconds left. So when you foul, the shot clock resets to 14 seconds. So if there's eight seconds left, the shot clock or the shot clock was at like five um, when Russell Westbrook fouled. Um, so it got reset. So then the shot clock was off. So all of a sudden you just wasted all this time for no reason. And Westbrook screwed up. He screwed up again. <laughs> Um, for the what the third time down the stretch in these little bit this little bit um, so then um, the Wizards had to foul they fouled Patty Mills Mills made both free throws so it's a three point game um, the Wizards come out of timeout you obviously need a three in this situation I don't even like if you're down three you need a three pretty much no matter what if there's less than 24 seconds left and you're down by three points you need a three if there's 30 seconds left and you're down by three points you you still need a three <laughs> if you're down three you need a three that's just how it works um so i don't know why anyone would ever even consider going for two um like they talked about it a little bit on the broadcast and like yeah you need to go for three like yeah obviously like <laughs> thank you um but so the wizard drew a play then beal standing all the way back in the backcourt um and then they had um alex len um, kind of at the free throw line and then two guys kind of a little bit higher um, than the elbows. They had both of the two players kind of run a, kind of like a scissor action. Um, and then they had Alex Len come set a screen um, for Bradley Beal, um, kind of like a back screen. Um, Bradley Beal could use it whichever way he wanted. Um, he came towards the ball. He caught the ball. Um, he didn't get a terrible look, but it was really short, um, which is like in that situation, it's really hard. Like I'm perfectly, that was a good play call. Um, they got a fine look at a shot. Um, they got in like Bradley Beal's hands and he got a shot perfectly fine. Um, he just missed short. Um, it's tough in that situation and the game is over. Um, so yeah, but a really, really exciting game. That was really fun. Um, so 16 minutes in. So I talk about Bradley Beal, right? Obviously, um, Bradley Beal was absolutely ridiculous tonight. Um, so the Spurs were guarding him um, on ball screens by just having Jakob Pertl or like Drew Eubanks or, or Gorgie Jang um, come to the level of the screen and kind of try to contain him a little bit. Um, and that's what they're doing the whole entire game. Um, and Bradley Beal, he did a good job of um, turning the corner against Jakob Pertl. He did a good job of turning the corner against Drew Eubanks. Gorgie Jang is the only big that I thought did a solid job of executing that pick and roll coverage. And he only played eight minutes in the game. Like, I really, really did not understand that. I think Gorgie Jang is, like, an actual, like, legitimate, solid backup center, like, who should be on a better team in this league, like, playing actual minutes. Like, playing Drew Eubanks 18 minutes and playing Gorgie Jang eight minutes when you're the ninth seed in the Western Conference, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like, it just, it doesn't at all. Like, I don't I don't understand that one. Um, but, yeah, so Bradley Beal is clearing that pick-and-roll coverage. 
Um, but he's just such a good, like I talk about this every episode, but he's so good laterally, like as a horizontal athlete, just like getting downhill, splitting, um, pick and roll coverages, um, just turning the corner. Like he's like, he's not like the best athlete, in the world, but his functional athleticism on the ground is so good. Um, also his handle is like all that. He's gotten really good at finishing around the rim. Um, feels awesome. Um, he's just like, and his shot making this game was also ridiculous. Um, probably not sustainable, but fun to watch. Um, so just to pull up Bradley Beal's game chart, shot zone gotta do Bradley Beal he was eight for nine inside the restricted area which is awesome to get there nine times um he was nine for 18 inside floater range three of six um from the mid-range and 04 from behind the arc um so just an awesome game for Beal just tearing up the coverage and also just playing awesome off the ball like he was really 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 good off the ball they're trying to top lock him they're trying to face guard him they're doing everything they could to stop him um a lot of times like um when Derek White was in, was in, he was locking and trailing Beal. That didn't work. Like, nothing worked against Beal. He's such a good cutter. Um, also, like, you got to give credit to Alex Len. He was doing a good job screening off the ball. Um, Bretons, when he's in, he does a good job screening off the ball, using his gravity to, um, to kind of get Beal open. Westbrook does a good job of finding Beal. Um, it's a really great effort um, all around, but also, like, especially by Beal. Um, I will say um, one adjustment that Greg Popovich made that I actually liked was to put Patty Mills on Bradley Beal, um, which like intuitively, like that sounds weird, right? Like Patty Mills is like what, 6'2", 6'3". He's a guard. He's not like the best athlete in the world, but he is really quick. And he just had Patty Mills top locking Bradley Beal. Um, he had Patty Mills chasing Bradley Beal as much as possible around screens. Like, and that actually worked decently well in the fourth quarter. Some of it was obviously because like Beal's tired. Like if you play 40 minutes and like you're scoring the ball a million times and you're running around that much from a play to play basis, you're you're going to get tired. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Especially on the second night of a back-to-back where Bradley Beal was so good last night too. Um, he's going to be tired. Um, but Patty Mills did a really good job on defense. I'm um, just using his quickness um, to, you know, try to bother Beal a little bit at all. Um, and he did a good job with that. Um, next guy I want to talk about is DeMar DeRozan, I guess. Um, DeRozan kind of did his DeRozan stuff. He made a bunch of shots. Um, and that's that was that. <laughs> like, uh, so DeMar DeRozan pulling up a shot chart. He was only one for two um, from inside the restricted area, four of 10 from inside floater range, and seven of 11 from mid-range. That is, that's just a ridiculous number. Um, I want to pull up player stats, um, shooting accuracy, and then I want to pull up DeMar DeRozan from mid-range. So he's a 48% shooter from mid-range. He's a 50% shooter from long mid, which is really, really good. Um, but that's like seven for 11 is 63.6%. So he shot a little bit, he was punching a little bit above his weight there. Um, and then the one dude who was really, really punching like five weight classes above his weight was DeJounte Murray. Um, he was seven of 10 from mid-range in this game, four of eight from floater range, one of four from inside the paint and O of one from um, three. So on the season from long mid, um, DeJounte Murray is shooting 44%. Um, so for him to come out and shoot seven to 10 is unexpected, um, especially given the looks he was getting. Um, I thought the Wizards actually did a decent job on guarding DeJounte Murray. Um, DeJounte Murray is not great at getting inside and getting into the paint and scoring. Um, and he's not great at shooting. So that's kind of like where DeJounte Murray as a point guard kind of like, you know, he kind of curls back a little bit in terms of his actual value to like an actual team. Um, obviously really good defensively. He's incredible off the ball defensively. Like he made one of the plays of the game and late in the game, um, just using his length. Um, also very, very good on the ball. Like he's a great defender. Um, offensively, he's good, but like if he could get to the rim or if he could pass better or if he could shoot better, like he'd, he'd be a really, really, really good point guard. Um, but you know, he's not quite there because he's still kind of developing the, that skill set that was able to go under him on every single screen. Um, but his shot making in the mid range was ridiculous. Um, I always got a little bit unlucky with, um, that one. Um, so yeah, I guess then, Oh, also I do want to talk about like 
DeMar DeRozan was being guarded by Russell Westbrook? Like, really? <laughs> really? Um, at a certain point, I would have loved to see them just put Isak Bonga in the game, especially when Westbrook, like, it was just Beal doing everything for the team. Um, if that's going to be the case, just have Isak Bonga in there to guard DeMar DeRozan. Like, DeMar DeRozan was just absolutely destroying them um, and destroying, like, Westbrook. Like, Westbrook is not good at getting around screens. Like, that's probably the worst element of his game because it's just so god-awfully bad. Um, and if you're guarding DeMar DeRozan and you're chasing him over the top of screens and then you're having someone come to level the screen, you need someone else. To, you need the guard that's getting screened to chase. And Russell Westbrook is really bad at that. Um, so I don't really understand that theory. Um, okay, so I want to talk positively about someone because this was a fun game. So I'll talk positively about Alex Len. Um, Len was awesome tonight. Um, he did a really, really good job protecting the paint. Um, like he was getting vertical. He, he had four fouls, um, played 23 minutes, but he was going after a bunch of blocks. Um, he was always, he, well, not always, but for the most part, he was in the right position on offense. He was playing hard, high motor guy, um, sets good screens. Um, that's all the stuff we knew, but he got six offensive rebounds, got a lot of points off of those. Um, you know, he didn't really drop any passes. Um, you know, he's dunking the ball, he's finishing everything like DeMar, like Alex Len played a really, really nice game. I really like, um, that the Wizards won with him down the stretch. Um, on the other side, uh, flip side of the coin. Um, also Anthony Gill at the five, like those minutes were surprisingly good. Like Anthony Gill did a good job tonight. Um, at, he mostly played at the five. Um, we played 14 minutes was plus two. Like that's good. Um, and like he scored a lot of points, just, you know, getting off his, he got an offensive rebound scored. Um, you know, just being in the right place at the right time, obviously, you know, feeding from Russell Westbrook, um, getting inside and then making good passes to Anthony Gill, um, was most of it, but Anthony Gill, you know, he was finishing well. Um, he had a couple nice moves in the post. Um, even though like that's, surprising you know he had a couple nice plays just getting vertical um against opposing players driving against him like he had a solid night um so i'm happy to see that um gafford was really bad tonight um he's still you know he's still developing feel for the game still developing how to play in pick and roll coverage like his pick and roll defense tonight was terrible he got killed on a couple switches um he's still a big work in progress as much as <laughs> as much as wizards twitter loves daniel gafford he is 100 percent still a big work in progress which is fine again he's in his second year i say this every episode um so I want to look up Jakob Pertl's stats because Jakob Pertl was not good at all tonight. Um, he's been really, really, really good all season. Um, so Jakob Pertl, NBA.com, I want to pull up his tracking stats and I want to pull up his um, rim protection. So defense dashboard, this is on NBA.com. Um, you can go to the decent. So within shots of less than six feet, shots that um, Jakob Pertl can test, he can test 51.3% of those shots when he's on the floor which is high. And then the um, shot differential um, for the opposing team is minus 13.5%, which is really, really low. Teams are shooting 51.3%. Oh, wait, no, that's, <laughs> I just said that. The field percentage is um, at 61.8. Um, so that's really, really, really good. Um, there you know, the defense, <laughs> I messed that up. Um, the field percentage is 483 that's what I meant to say, which is unbelievably good. Like for teams to be shooting below 50% against him at the rim is insane. That's insane. Um, he's been doing a great job of rim protection all season long. Tonight, he didn't do a very good job. Um, he was kind of whacking down a little bit. Um, he wasn't moving his feet while on the perimeter. I think part of it, he, I assume he was tired just by having to like chase Beal around so much all night long um, would be kind of my guess for why he looks so bad out there tonight because I've seen him in other games and like he he plays really really well um, but just not getting vertical on a consistent basis um, you know obviously swatting down and getting fouls having to chase Beal all around um, wasn't like he was inconsistent at how good he was at moving up to the level of the screen against Beal. Beal was able to turn the corner against him a lot um, that's a lot of reason why Beal was able to get to the paint so much against him um, 
Yeah, it's just not a great night at all for Yakup Pirtle. Um, what do I want to talk about next? I'll, actually, I think we're pretty far into this episode. I would say the closing lineup um, for the Wizards, I would much rather have Garrison Matthews in there than someone. <laughs> like Garrison Matthews, that last game where Garrison Matthews in the closing lineup, that was awesome. That really, really worked well. And I've been saying it all year. Like Garrison Matthews, um, Dallas Bertans, Bradley Beal, and Russell Westbrook is an awesome offensive group that I think should get some more run together. I really, really want to see that just as a fan and as own, like I think that would work. Um, like just having Garrison Matthews being able to guard defense. Oh, one other thing I did want to touch on super, super quickly is that Bertans was guarding Patty Mills down the stretch. Um, but in theory, um, Bertans being the shooter that he is running off screens, Patty Mills has a similar offensive game where he runs off a lot of screens. He's a good movement shooter. Um, in theory, Bertans should be able to guard that. But in practice, um, Bertans is just not that good at getting around screens. Um, so he was getting screened and Mills got open for a few looks um, to really keep the Spurs afloat in like towards the end of the game. Um, so that wasn't good at all. Um, so yeah, I'll go through my notes and then that'll be that for this episode. Um, I wrote at the beginning of my notes. Um, this is going to be an interesting test for Pirtle. Um, he's been fine so far coming up to the level of the screen, but we'll see how that continues. Did not continue well. <laughs> um, Beal's off to a really... Uh, maybe, hey, maybe that works in my theory of him getting tired, though. Um, so, yay. Um, Beal's off to a really good start, but mostly making... <laughs> this is a hilarious note. Beal's off to a really good start, but mostly because of ridiculous shot making. Um, White is doing a good job of chasing him, so we'll see how this continues. Um, obviously, continue pretty well. Um, in theory, Russia make it easy... Make it easy for the other team to go zone, um, but his penetration and passing really benefits the Wizards. Um, yeah, that was true. Um, the Spurs um, went to zone for one play. Um, Brad, or Russ Westbrook got penetration. Uh, weak side corner kick out, wide open, um, three. Um, that's that's my favorite element of Russ Westbrook's game. Um, Spurs able to hide DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, whenever issues in the game, DeMar DeRozan. Like DeMar DeRozan, watching DeMar DeRozan battle Russell Westbrook in terms of how bad both of them are on defense was not fun. Um, but whenever Ish Smith is in the game with DeMar DeRozan, DeMar was hiding on Ish. Um, Ish and Russell Westbrook playing together just makes no sense at all. Um, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Gil, at the five lineups have been dot, 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 not bad so far. <laughs> um, switching one through four against DeMar DeRozan doesn't seem right to me. Just go under against him. I don't know why the Wizards didn't go under against DeMar DeRozan. Like, a lot of teams do that. Um, he's not going to shoot threes. He He's a very, very reluctant shooter. I'm just pulling back up his cleaning glass stats. He shoots 26% from threes. He's only shot 69 threes on the season. Um, so, yeah. Not really one to go over screens against and come to the level as well. That really, really didn't make sense. Um, go at the five is getting buckets by rim running and getting good looks. Um, yeah, sometimes just motor, if you're playing the five, will get you a lot of good looks. Um, kind of been like the case of Daniel Gafford. Um, let's see, he's first coming to the level of the screen near half court. Oh, yeah, that was really weird. It was like it played like all the way out near half court where the um, Yaka Pearl and um, Derek White were blitzing Bradley Beal. Um, Beal passed the ball to Gill. Um, Gill passed it to Ishmith. Ishmith saw Bradley Beal sprinting to the rim wide open um, because he was just getting blitzed at half court. Um, just threw him the ball and he got a layup. Um, I thought that play was hilarious. Um, Gordy Jane needs to play more talk about that. Um, oh, yeah, Derek White rolled his ankle pretty badly. Um, that sucked. I really like watching Derek White. I think he's really good. Um, so I was disappointed to see him get hurt. Um, I hope he plays um, You know, pretty soon. Um, but it looked bad. Um, reminder to JK, analytics is not just about shooting threes. Talked about that. Um, Wizards are having a lot of success. Yeah, when the Spurs went through one stretch in the third quarter where they're missing a lot of shots, and then the Wizards were running in transition, um, that worked really, really well. Um, obviously. <laughs> um, I don't really understand why the Wizards don't just go into DeMar DeRozan's screens. Kind of the theory of 
or the theme of what I think of the Wizards defense in this game. Oh my God, the Wizards ran delay action once with Daniel Gafford and it was a turnover and it was really ugly, um, kind of as you would expect. Um, Russell Westbrook drives the rim, defense collapses, and the ensuing kickout is to Ish Smith. No one within 15 feet of him, feet of him and he doesn't shoot. Kind of the reason why Ish Smith shouldn't be out there with other Russell Westbrook. You need to maximize space around him. Um, that's just how you make him look better. That's how you make the team look better. It, it just doesn't make sense, especially with Ish Smith like, not being a good defender. Like I don't even understand the theory behind that one. Um, Gafford is struggling at pick, playing pick and roll coverage tonight. I talked about that. Wiz experiment Gafford switching on to DeJounte Murray. Results were all right, but um, DeJounte Murray made a you know wide open six footer. Um, could be worse, but it wasn't great. Um, and then, then like a couple plays later, Gafford switched on to Kelton Johnson and it was a layup. Um, so yeah, Gafford switching like for athletic, as athletic as he is, he's just terrible at moving his feet on the perimeter, um, which could get better. Like again, he's so young. Like, and he has such great physical tools. In theory, he should be better at moving his feet in the perimeter. Um, I don't know if it's like a flexibility issue with his hips. I don't know if it's just like a technique issue with his, like the way he moves his feet. Um, his technique, like, I, well, I know it is a technique issue, um, which can get better. I don't really, I need to watch him more to try to see if it's a kind of issue with like how stiff his hips are. But I don't, he's a pretty fluid athlete out there. I don't think that's the issue. I think it's just more of a technique, which is fixable. Um, so Ish Smith in the game under, with under six minutes makes no sense. Yep. Um, okay. So yeah, that's the end of my notes. Um, so yeah, so that was a really, really exciting game. Sorry, this podcast ran a little bit longer, but again, that was like one of the most exciting games of the season. So obviously I had to talk about it more. Um, so yeah, um, the next game is against the Lakers, I think on Wednesday. So definitely check that out. Uh, podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.